You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to a special edition episode of the Assembly Call. It is the day of the first four. Indiana getting ready to play in the NCAA tournament this evening against Wyoming. And so, you know, look, obviously this Wyoming team, not one that we know a ton about, uh, but I was curious to learn more. And so was able to find uh, one of the best Wyoming writers, Cody Tucker, uh, who founded the site 7220 Sports, to come on, uh, give me about 25 minutes uh, to just talk about this team, you know, kind of the broader context for where their program is, um, you know, kind of what their style is, what they're doing when they play well, uh, what other teams have done to them uh, when they've had success, you know, kind of who their X factor is, you know, what he thinks the keys to the game are. Uh, so really interesting conversation. If you're looking for, uh, you know, some pregame listening to get you prepped for tonight to kind of understand what Indiana's opponent is all about and what they do, then I think you'll really find this next 25 minutes enjoyable and stick around because unbeknownst to me, unexpectedly, Cody has a Bob Knight story. <laughs> so you can stick around uh, for the end to hear that, uh, which I don't think will surprise any of you. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that'll come here in just a moment. Before we get to that, I do, of course, want to share a few words about Home Field Apparel, our sponsor here on the Assembly Call and for the Back Home Network. You know, our friends at Homefield Apparel, they've been sponsoring the Assembly Call for five seasons now, and they just continue to push the envelope and move the ball forward and grow and grow and grow. Right now, uh, they just launched uh, these mystery boxes. So you can get deep discounts, and they put together, I think, three T-shirts uh, and fleeces, and it's a surprise. So you don't know what you're going to get. But you know you're going to get something cool because all their designs are really cool and interesting. That's their thing. You know, they go back into the archives of these schools. They bring back old logos, old brand marks. They breathe new life into them, just like they did with the bison at Indiana. Uh, And so whether you want to get Indiana gear, you know, have some fun with the mystery box or just shop, you know, for one of the other 130, 140 schools that they have, they've got something for everybody. So go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, you will get 15% off your first order. Uh, it's homefieldapparel.com, promo code HOME, wear one for the team. It's the best college sports apparel that you will find anywhere. Okay, um, here is uh, coming up next, the interview with Cody Tucker. Of course, we will have you covered for the post-game show immediately following tonight's game. Join us there. Um, man, I just can't wait for this game to get going. feels like the rest of this afternoon is going to take forever to get here. Uh, but this interview should help you uh, pass 25 minutes in a fun way, talking IU basketball and Wyoming basketball with Cody Tucker. Here we go. All right. Well, very excited to be joined here on this uh, special edition episode of the Assembly Call uh, by Cody Tucker, who is the founder of 7220 Sports, which covers Wyoming sports. And Cody is an award-winning sports writer and a Heisman Trophy voter. Uh, and he is currently in Dayton for the first four. Cody, welcome. Thanks a lot for taking the time to share some insight on the Cowboys with our audience. Hey, Jared, thanks for having me, man. It's kind of unbelievable that, you know, two days ago I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, and now I'm in beautiful Dayton, Ohio. It's just a weird world, man. This sport's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it is. How uh, how are your travels? Um, Hectic, very hectic. Uh, you know, you got home from Las Vegas from the Mountain West Tournament on Sunday morning at 7 a.m., which we have to fly into Denver, Colorado, which is 100 miles south of Cheyenne, where I live. And uh, 
Then Wyoming had their watch party in Laramie, which is 45 miles west of Cheyenne. So uh, drove to Laramie for that and then, you know, got word that it's Dayton and, uh, you know, have to go right back to DIA, have to get on a plane and uh, flew into Indianapolis and then drove two hours over here to Dayton, Ohio. And if Wyoming wins tonight, we'll be figuring out a way to get to Portland, Oregon sometime tomorrow. So uh, wild, absolutely wild. But you know what? If you would have told me two years ago that the Wyoming Cowboys would be in the NCAA tournament, uh, there's no way I would have believed you, and it's worth every mile because Jeff Linder's done unbelievable things with this program, and it's they've arrived a lot earlier than anybody would imagine. If anybody tells you the Wyoming Cowboys would have been in the NCAA tournament, they're a liar. Hmm. Okay, so that's interesting context, you know, because obviously one of the big storylines coming in is Indiana hasn't been in the NCAA tournament since 2016. And, you know, this kind of ends that streak. And that's why Hoosier fans everywhere are just so ecstatic. Give us kind of the broader context for this Wyoming program, where they were and now, you know, kind of what's happened over the last couple of years to get them here. Yeah, I mean, there's a proud history in Laramie, Jared. Uh, This is the 16th appearance in the NCAA tournament for the Cowboys in 1943. They actually won the national championship. They've been to the Sweet 16, beat Reggie Miller in UCLA to get to the Sweet 16 in 1987. Um, But they haven't been to the tournament since 2015, and they won the tournament title that year with Larry Nance Jr. and and got to that game and uh, played Northern Iowa in uh, Seattle, and it was a one-and-done. And and then after that, the the program really fell on hard times and just the wins weren't coming. I believe they won 18 games in the last two years before Jeff Linder got here in, in in uh, 2019. So it was rough. It was rough sledding. You know, the, the arena auditorium in Laramie is a really special place and there've been some really big moments in there and the Wyoming fans really flock when things are good. And that place was nothing short of a morgue over those two years. And, you know, like I said, I live 45 miles away and two years ago, it was one of those situations where you'd say, Hey man, I sure wouldn't mind a blizzard today. So I don't have to go over there and watch this. I mean, that's how bad it was. So enter Jeff Lender on St. Patrick's Day of 2019, and I'm sure you remember well. I'm sure your listeners remember well. That's about the time COVID-19 shut down the entire world. Yeah. And all Jeff Lender did was pull the number one recruiting class in the Mountain West Conference over Zoom calls, bring in a bunch of young talent. He kept the four guys that were really good off of Allen Edwards' previous teams and just built. And Really, his mantra was no excuses, and they didn't use those. The youth, the inexperienced, COVID, they didn't use any of those excuses. Last year, they were very competitive, uh, better than we'd seen in a, in a few years. And uh, this year, they just, uh, you know, they took off. And, and most people didn't expect it because in the offseason, the Cowboys lost Marcus Williams, the Mountain West freshman of the year. They lost him in the transfer portal to Texas A&M. So the Cowboys were actually picked to finish tied for eighth this year before the season started. Expectations were low. All they did was go on the road and beat a Washington Huskies team. They beat a Grand Canyon team, which, you know, for those who don't know, Grand Canyon's a very tough place to play. That place is like a rave. Uh, The crowd's completely nuts. And uh, they're a darn good basketball team, too, oh, by the way. And then Wyoming goes on the road and beats Cal State Fullerton, which is going to be in this field of 64. And um, they've won 11 road games this year. Um, it's been a long, long time since that's happened. So, uh, Jeff Leonard just has pushed all the right buttons. He's, he's gotten his guys in here. He has a track record of winning and now Cowboy basketball is back. They like to say Cowboy fever and it's, it's back. The crowd started coming back. People love this team. So everybody's very excited. I think 
you know, like I was reading from Xavier Johnson yesterday, I think a lot of Wyoming fans feel like, you know, how many wins does it take to get in the regular field here? I mean, 25 and eight, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good record. But uh, the Cowboys did lose five of their last nine. They played, they played eight games in 17 days to close the season. Uh, very much an NBA schedule. It was very tough. And for a young team that's never been through this grind, it was very tough for them. So uh, just all in all, Jared, it's just, it's special to be here with this group because it just, like I said, pinch me. There's no way in two years ago we thought this was possible. You know, it's part of what makes this matchup fun. I mean, obviously both teams and fan bases would have liked to not have to play the extra game, but you've got a couple of fan bases who really appreciate the opportunity and, you know, players and coaches that haven't had it either. Um, And that has kind of been refreshing, you know, seeing, you know, a lot of that talk and kind of feeling that vibe. You know, you mentioned the way they ended the season, you know, losing, you know, they start 21-3, they kind of hit the skids there a little bit toward the end. You know, obviously, the overall vibe in a macro sense is, you know, as you just described, oh, my God, I can't believe we're here already. We're ahead of schedule. But in a micro sense, like, what's the vibe with the team? You know, Indiana, you know, kind of struggled down the stretch, but really started playing their best basketball in the Big Ten tournament. And there's a lot of confidence internally and among the fans like, hey, we're ready to kind of go do something here. What's the vibe with with Wyoming? Is there that level of confidence or, or are they shaken a little bit by how things went down the stretch? Yeah, no, they're, they're not shaking. I think, honestly, it was so crazy there at the end that they've been happy to have these four days off. I mean, even though it's such a quick turnaround from Selection Sunday to today, they've actually had some days off, which has been so rare. And they had four days off before the Mountain West Tournament and then went in and beat UNLV, who, of course, is the host school uh, every year. And Wyoming had probably, safe to say, tripled the fans in the stands in the Mountain West Tournament than UNLV did at their home court. So, wow. How excited the fans are for this and this team is they're so young that you don't even know if they know better you know what I mean like they they don't know if they're supposed they don't know they're supposed to be not be here they don't know that that things were supposed to be this good and and uh it's just it's one of those deals where I think they're really happy to be here but they're not just happy to be here you know it's they're not here to mess around they're not here to fart around it's they have built something very special this year and and I think they really want to continue that and on a side note, Jeff Linder has made the NCAA tournament twice, and both of those came as an assistant coach at Boise State. Both of those came to Dayton, Ohio, and UD Arena mm. for the for this game, and both of them ended in losses. So he's hoping the third time's the charm. But he certainly got some experience with the format and kind of the vibe of Dayton. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so that that's a great, you know, I think overview and kind of gives us the flavor for where this Wyoming program is. I'd love to really dive into kind of some of the details about how Wyoming plays and what we can expect because it really does seem like an interesting contrast. In some ways there's similarities between the teams and there's some other ways where, you know, there's obviously differences. And I think with the way Wyoming plays, there's kind of differences with everybody that they play because it's oh. a unique style. So yeah let's take the positive. Like when Wyoming is playing well, when they're beating good teams, what is typically the formula? Like what's working, what's going well for them? What's working is the big two is what you call them. And that's Graham EK and that's Hunter Maldonado and losing Marcus Williams to Texas A&M had made Jeff Lender completely change his offensive scheme. He, he's a big pick and roll guy that he knew he didn't have the personnel to work that this year. So what he did was he turned a small forward and Hunter Maldonado into a point guard. He's six foot seven. So now he comes down the court 
slowly <laughs> most of the time and is up against a smaller player like Xavier Johnson, who's only 6'3", and backs him in, slowly, meticulously backs him into the post and then works his way around the guy up and over, uh, hook shot, all that good stuff. Somebody tries to put a big guy on him, he's quick enough and crafty enough to get around that guy as well. So he's a real matchup nightmare. And that's been huge for the Cowboys. And then, of course, they always say pick your poison. So you can double up on Maldonado. And if then if you do that, then you have 6'9", Graham E.K. right there, who he, he, he demands a double team. So most of the time he's double teamed, which has really opened things up for Maldonado. But they really do a half-court offense, and they go to those two. I believe Graham E.K., Jeff Linder said yesterday, has 400 more touches in the post than the next closest team, which is Purdue. And where – where Indiana fans are not going to be surprised is Wyoming really has a Big Ten type of offense. They work, they work the post. Uh, the big difference to me, Jared, is Xavier Johnson can fly up and down the floor, and he really carves people up. Hunter Maldonado doesn't do that. In fact, Jeff Linder said yesterday he doesn't he doesn't go fast because he knows I'll be pissed off at him. Yeah, I saw that quote. I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what Indiana does against Maldonado because I think you know, from the way that Xavier Johnson was talking, it sounds like he's preparing to guard him. And I think that's that's going to be interesting because Maldonado has four inches on him. And while Xavier Johnson is a really good defensive player, and part of the reason why Indiana's defense is so good is because of his ability to pressure the ball. It, what Maldonado does is a lot different, you know, going down in the post and for Indiana, keeping Xavier Johnson on the court and out of foul trouble is huge. And so I think a lot of us are wondering, are they actually going to put Xavier on him? Do they let race Thompson guard him some, maybe bring a guy like Miller cop off from the wing to guard Maldonado when teams have had success slowing down what Wyoming does specifically Maldonado, how have they defended him? Like if they moved a smaller guard off of him and brought a wing down to guard him, what has that formula been like? The, the best performances against Maldonado have been where they do not let him catch on the block. They do not let him get deep in the block at all. And they, they deploy a double team closer out to the perimeter. They do not let him in at all. And the one that really comes to mind was against rival Colorado State. They had a really good game plan for both him and EK. Anytime they touched the ball, they, they caught it out of the paint. They really moved around and they moved him outside. And then they forced those, those lower, you know, lower percentage shots. That's where Wyoming thrives is high percentage shots and getting to the free throw line against Colorado state. They did neither. And they both had their worst game of the year. And honestly, something that's really hurt Graham, both of these guys, Graham EK for, for example, was getting to the line more than eight times per game, which led the country for the majority of the year. Maldonado wasn't far behind. He was little less than eight times per game. So those guys are just making hay at the free throw line. Not lately. Uh, I, I believe uh, Graham E.K. has not shot more than six free throws over the last two weeks of the season. I don't know if that's the way that Mountain West officials are starting to call his games differently after they've seen his body of work throughout the year. You know, fans obviously are all over that theory. But uh, I think defense are really just doing a good job making him catch the ball deeper or not deeper, more outside. And making those uh, high percentage shots a little more difficult. And that's going to throw you off rhythm every time. And, and he's just not getting to the free throw line with the frequency he did all season. You know, you hate to, to think too much about officiating going into a game, 
But it really does seem like a game where the way it's called is going to make a difference, you know, because if those guys are able to get to the line and get, you know, Trace or Race or X in foul trouble, uh, it's obviously going to hurt. But at the same time, you know, with X's speed, and, and we saw this in the Big Ten, you know, he was not getting a lot of calls that we felt like he should have been, you know, and, and if Wyoming is allowed to hand check him and do some of those things to kind of knock him off, you know, of his routes, especially in the half court. Um, you know, that's going to obviously play into their hands defensively. So you don't want to think, man, officiating is going to be important, but I kind of think it's going to be really important tonight. Yeah, it really could be. I mean, Hunter Maldonado fouled out late in the Boise State game in the semifinals of the Mountain West Tournament. Both of those guys, you know, especially Graham E.K., they can really get in, they can really get in trouble. I mean, Graham's just bigger than everybody. And that's what I think we're kind of excited to see him face off with such a great player like Jackson Davis. I know nobody's more excited than Graham E.K. He he already did his scouting report two seconds after Indiana popped up on the board. It was very impressive, uh, very impressive. So he's ready for this. They're both lefties. I think uh, they're both very crafty in the post, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, something that the Cowboys have done this year is they've, they've been growing up before our eyes. They haven't been through these battles. And Jeff Linder likes to say old teams win in March. Boise State, San Diego State, Colorado State, all old teams the Cowboys are the team that has four COVID freshmen, a true freshman, all in their starting seven. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of staying away from official uh, officiating stuff, period. But I think you're right. I really do. That could really determine if they're not going to let these big guys play. And the Maldonado-Johnson matchup, to me, could be just as fun as Trace and, and Graham banging down low. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. <clears throat> I'm curious, defensively. Uh, you know, Indiana really offensively has changed the way they've played over the last three weeks. Um, you know, they really were a team that was just committed to just banging it down low to Trace Jackson Davis on the block for better or worse. A lot of times in Big Ten play for worse because he struggled against guys that were kind of his size or bigger that could match his athleticism. And over the last few weeks, they've really shifted it to more pick and rolls and kind of getting him really more playing towards his strength as a lob guy, as a cutter, where his athleticism can really, you know, be maximized. And of course, you know, Xavier Johnson is so good at that. How do you anticipate Wyoming trying to guard that and trying to to stop that? Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if Wyoming kind of deploys what happens to them all the time and, and see if maybe when he touches the ball, they deploy a little bit of a double team. Wyoming typically plays straight up and they let Graham do his thing, but you know, like we talked about, foul trouble can have a lot to do with uh, how you how you really guard somebody, and and that's tough. It's really tough when Graham's picking up fouls on that side of the floor too. So, you know, Jeff Leonard's huge. He's a he's known as an offensive guy, and he's been an offensive coach at Boise State. But at UNC, they had the mo- one of the most efficient defenses in the country. Wyoming at the beginning of this year was one of the most efficient teams there. But you know, like I said, he hates excuses, but. You can't deny it. These guys were exhausted. I mean, when you're playing that many games, it's exhausting. They played three games in their last five days of the regular season, and they're not just playing Air Force and San Jose State. They're playing, you know, the cream of the crop in the Mountain West Conference, the San Diego States and the Boise State. So, um, you know, I think he's he doesn't change a lot. I think they're gonna, he's going to rely on them playing man and up, but I think also Hunter Maldonado was the first one to admit after Boise State he really let Abu Kijab, he gave him too much space and he popped four threes in his face. So I think they're going to be even more aggressive out on the perimeter, but something that really hurt him late, Jared, was the tired legs. And, you know, Graham E.K. is coming out and popping out and throwing his arms up out at the perimeter and then getting back down in the post. 
it's exhausting. And, and it was just a lot of work and, and that really hurt the Cowboys down the stretch. But I, I think you're going to see a man up and you're going to see great intensity because it's the NCAA tournament and the fact they've had four days off. And that's just a luxury they have not had in, you know, since January. Yeah. And they're not a team that uses their bench very much. I think I was looking, there's only three or four teams in the country, I think, that have played fewer bench minutes than Wyoming has this year. So that's a lot of pressure on those starters to A, not get fatigued and B, to play without foul trouble. Yeah. I mean, Linder dances with who brung him. That's for sure. He, uh, you know, he has a three man rotation off the bench. Nobody else ever gets off. It's, uh, it's just kind of, you know, part of building a program. He he just doesn't have – he didn't even have 11 scholarship players last year. So it was a very short bench. And he likes to say that, you know, his best teacher is the bench, a.k.a. you're sitting on the bench anytime you screw up. But he just hasn't had that luxury, unfortunately. And these three are starting to get more into the rotation. But at first, they weren't really even getting in unless there was foul trouble. So – they're very they do have a guy in Hunter Thompson who's been with this program a long time. He's a six ten guy who his specialty is hitting threes, but you know, he has to come in and spell Graham EK here and there. And that's usually not good news for the Cowboys on the defensive end of the floor. But when he pops a few threes, it's really good for the Cowboys offense. So, you know, it's just in other words, Linder doesn't have all his pieces yet. You know, it's only year two. So I think once he gets all of his pieces in this program we're probably going to see a deeper bench than than three. Yeah, I'd imagine so. All right, so who's the X factor? Like, who's the guy that if he starts going off in the first half, Indiana fans should be worried? Great question. Uh, I think Wyoming fans ask themselves all that, t- all, that all the time. And one of those guys is Xavier Dussel. Um, He is a guy who can really get hot from three. The last three games, the Cowboys' first possession, he's put up a triple. Um he wasn't being aggressive there for a long time and he, he did suffer an injury at Utah state in, in January. Uh, but he's a guy that if he can stroke three or four threes, Cowboys are typically in good shape. If Hunter Thompson comes off the bench and strokes two or three threes, the Cowboys are in damn good shape. So he's a guy that, that you really have to watch for. And another guy is Jeremiah Odin, who is the Cowboys other forward. He has really been shooting well from deep over the last month. And he's a guy who can also drive on you. He's the best dunker on this team. He's a guy that can totally, I think most would agree he's better when he drives and goes to the bucket, but he can pop out and hit a couple of threes too. So this Cowboys team is not only a big inside dominant team, they can also really bury you and start running away from you when they get hot from outside. They just, they haven't gotten hot from outside in a long time. Um, So that's why I say if they hit a few, Wyoming's in pretty damn good shape. Yeah. So, you know, as you kind of look at this game and gosh, we still have like nine hours until it starts or eight hours until it starts. It's like the longest afternoon ever waiting for this game. Um, You know, as you kind of think forward, like, what do you think are the keys? Like, what do you think are the two or three things that we come on here? You know, we do a postgame show and when you're writing your postgame recap, what are going to be the things that determine the winner? Because I think we both agree this is going to be a close game. Like, I'll be really surprised. I mean, because Wyoming's good. And if you've kind of followed Indiana, you know that no matter how big of a lead they might get in the second half, uh, it's going to be whittled down. <laughs> it's going to be a close game late, and we'll see if you know if it is a close game. If Indiana can fight their close game demons, um, but I'll really be surprised if it's not a close game coming down the stretch in the final five minutes. What do you yeah. think are going to be the keys that determine who wins and who loses? You know, I think a lot of us have been waiting, Jared, for the last 
month, basically, to see Graham E.K. play a Graham E.K. type of game. Uh, and by that, I mean get to the free throw line seven, eight times and 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 get in the 20-point range. And also, when the Cowboys are really humming, Hunter Maldonado's doing that as well. He's in the 20-point range. Those two are leading the way. And then you get the role players popping a few threes here and there and hitting some big shots here and there. That's where... To me, that's the key, to, is to see those guys play like we've seen them play the majority of the season because late in conference season, we just didn't see it. They were just – when you carry that much of the load and you play that many games in a row, the guys were just – they were just flat-out exhausted, and there's no doubt about it. And there was no getting around that with Jeff Linder either. He he knew it, and we knew it, and we saw it. Uh, all the shots were falling short. You know, they were forcing the – those guys used to force the offense – now they were the defenses were kind of dictating things, and uh, that's just not something we've been used to seeing. So I think that's going to be big. And then, you know, it's kind of a joke around here that if you want to see somebody have a career night, you know, play the Wyoming Cowboys. You can't – sure, you can, let, you can let Trace have his and let him get his and score 25 or whatever, but you can't let some random dude who scores three – averages three a night score 11, and that's been a problem. So you just can't let one of those guys. And, you know, the, the Cowboys always – their game plans have been unbelievable. Their scouting is really good. Young, energetic coaching staff that really takes a lot of pride in their scouting. But what's killed them is that random guy. Just somehow, some way who, you know, I, I can't tell you how many press conferences I was in at the end of the year where Linder said, of course, that guy hasn't made two threes in a game since AAU ball. And of course, he hit more tonight. I mean, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. But I fully, if if Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado do what they do, I think the Cowboys will be in really good shape. If it makes you feel any better, IU fans <laughs> say the same thing about the random guy. It's, it has been a theme for this program for the last like five years. And in fact, in one of our like, pregame conversations in our private community, someone said that like, okay, who's the random Wyoming guy that's going to score 13, 14 <laughs> points tonight. So, so both yeah, fan yeah. bases are afraid of that. If it makes you feel any yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real concern. <laughs> it seems like I'm from Wyoming. So it seems like it's been a real concern my entire life, but uh, this year it's just down the stretch. That was the concern. You know, letting a UNLV bench bench player go for 11 and letting their big guy hit four threes. That's just, uh, you know, it was just one of those deals where you go, oh, here we go. What's the uh, what's the vibe like in Dayton? Um, I wish I could lie to you and say it's been an absolute riot and everybody's having fun and there's people drinking beer in the street. Um, actually, we couldn't find a bar last night. Really? Yeah. And uh guy at the hotel got a little upset because we're like, man, I thought this was a host city. What, What's happening? And he said, we are a great host city. It was like, yeah, I mean, if you're in Utah, this is a great city, I suppose. But <laughs> no, no offense to Dayton. We just maybe we're looking in the wrong spots. <laughs> you got to be careful, man. Dayton takes this weekend very seriously. So yeah. they're going to they're gonna take any, yeah. any criticism with great offense. Well, the people at the arena were fantastic, and they they actually were like, man, where are you from? And and I told them Wyoming. They said, geez, did the whole state show up? All we've seen here is Wyoming people. So, you know, and it's such a quick turnaround, Jared, that you guys have the luxury of being so close that you can drive down here. I actually flew into, into Indianapolis, but, man, that turnaround was so quick. I just can't imagine. And, I, and from what I understand, tickets were not easy to get because I think Dayton – the town of Dayton really supports this place so much, supports this 
part of the tournament so much, it was kind of hard to get tickets. But I don't know what the uh, what the attendance is going to look like for Wyoming fans. But I know at Wyoming's practice last night, there was a uh, quite a few Indiana fans hanging out in the stands last night. So I, we're all excited for that. You know, I know the Cowboys and Hoosiers have played three times previously. Uh, I believe 99 was the last game and it did not go well in Bloomington. And and I know uh, Bobby Knight brought his Texas Tech team up to Wyoming and Wyoming boat raced them pretty good. And, mm. and uh, that's one of the connections. So Bobby Knight, uh, quick little story. My very first day in journalism in the real world, I got a job at this tiny paper in Warland, Wyoming. And they said, hey, we want you to go do an interview with this guy. He's on a boat uh, in the river, in the North Platte River and or the Bighorn River, and I'm like, uh, just some guy? And they go, you'll know who it is when you get there. And it was Bobby Knight, Tony LaRussa, and the Quaker Oatmeal guy, Wilford Brimley, <laughs> fishing. And I get out of the car, and I see Bobby Knight, and I go, oh, my God, my first assignment is to interview that guy? So I said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Knight, and he went, nope, nope, I'm fishing. Leave me the hell alone. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so that was it. And then you just turned around and went home. Yeah. And apparently I was, that's kind of the reporter initiation thing at that paper. Cause Bobby Knight is up there fishing all, every year. He hangs out with those dudes every year. He loves Wyoming. I think that's the reason he brought his Texas tech team up to Wyoming, because as you can imagine, scheduling games in Laramie for basketball is brutal. Rarely do they get anybody of especially of that caliber. I know Texas Tech wasn't great, but Bobby Knight to come to Wyoming. So, uh, yeah, no, he loves it there, and I think that's really why he came. I, I really do. I think he just he's made some connections up there, and, yeah, he told me to piss up a rope for sure. He wasn't <laughs> interested. <laughs> that makes total sense. There's going to be a lot of media members, I think, listening to this who are nodding along with like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's we a badge of honor, course. really. Yeah. Well, and one of Wyoming's more recent coaches, I guess, in the 90s, Joby Wright, also also was a, a player at Indiana for yeah. Bobby. So, uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out too well for Joby and Laramie, but he did bring some talent, but the wins, unfortunately, didn't pile up. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great story to end on. Holy moly. <laughs> Well, hey, Cody, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time. It, I, it's going to be a fun yeah. game tonight. Like, I, I sense a yeah. lot of mutual respect between the fan bases and the teams. And, you know, I, uh, you know, if Wyoming does end up winning, I wish you a lot of luck making that yeah. next that next quick turnaround out to Portland, which is going to be a challenge. But, you know, it's NCAA yeah. tournament time, so you're just running on yeah. adrenaline, I guess. No, it's wild, man. It's fun, though. It's Like I said, we never expected it, so... We got the budget to do it, too, because we sure didn't expect it. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing this, and uh, good luck tonight. And, you know, if Wyoming wins, hopefully they have a nice a nice long run in the tournament as well. So really appreciate yep. it. Yeah, appreciate you, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Cody. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.